it's really cool to just have people in their 20s in general on this platform to, you know, talk about real life shit that people who are 20 years years old, you know, have to deal with. Yes, yes. Welcome back to another weekly edition of ISD In School Detention. Thank you guys so much for uh, tuning in on your phones or checking us out on YouTube. This is the first time we've ever pointed at the camera. I always yeah. forget. Thank you guys so much. Um, we have a very special guest very this special week. Guest. Very um, This guy. And you know what, bro? Honestly, when, when I saw... The ad for the class, I was like, this is some Instagram scam this shit. This is some Instagram scam. <laughs> this man's not even real. This is none of this real shit is real. He, he just wants our couple hundred dollars and it's going to be some bullshit. No, none of that. Expectations completely defied. Um, one of the coolest guys I've ever had the pleasure of meeting and someone who's like a mentor to me and you. Mm -hmm. um, everybody give it up, please, for Mr. Blake Martin. Hey, who we looking for? Who's the Who y'all talking about? Talking about you, bro. Oh shit! Hey, hey. <laughs> I was looking for the person y'all was talking about. Yo, you don't, you you don't think you do all those He's things? Very humble man. Nope. Very humble. I'm just me sitting in my house drinking my drink. You know, just me. Just you? Just I'm little on me. Man, well, one, I will say your your place is very beautiful. Thank you, Excellent. thank you. I appreciate yeah. that. Um, it's small, but it's mine. Yeah, but it's cozy though. Like the fireplace, and you know, yeah, basketball. Well, I say that because you haven't turned the corner. There's 1,400 more square feet around the corner. Are you serious? Yes. It's, yes. I what? saw it. I didn't want to walk. Hey, right, I wasn't yeah, just going to no, wander in your house. Way. I ain't going to lie. Yeah. Well, yes, there's three the bedrooms, two more bathrooms back there. And You're lying. You're no. lying. So this is three bedroom, three four. Four, four. It's a four bedroom apartment. At that point, it's the house. Yeah. Well, you know. <laughs> yeah. Where's your family? Yeah. <laughs> People see like this part and think this is everything. I'm like, well, no, just turn the corner. I mean, but honestly, if this was everything, that'd be fine, though. Yeah. For if this was us. everything and for, for us, for our, us. our poor asses, <laughs> <laughs> whatever. Yeah, but no, this is really exaggerated. But um, what I was saying, bro, is honestly, nah. We, I was talking about you. Oh well, thank you. I appreciate that. I'm um, you have humbled. definitely been. You know, a lot of times you break into the entertainment industry. There's all these horror stories you hear. Yes. What about people taking advantage of you, taking your money, scams, yes. people not doing right? But Hell you've yeah. been yes. the complete opposite of that from the jump. Well, I appreciate that. I mean, I do take people money. And I do be bullshitting them. But, you know, I try to do it in a good way. I try it in a good way. <laughs> well, in our experiences with you, you've been nothing but legitimate with us. I appreciate that. I try. Um, I, try. I met you in a teacher role. Mm -hmm. Yes. What got you into teaching? Um, I don't know if something got me into teaching. I think okay. it's just what I fell into. Um, both my parents were teachers. Mm -hmm. I grew up with my mother being my kindergarten teacher. And then she was my middle school teacher, and then she was my high school teacher, and then she ended up being one of my college professors. What? Damn. Wait, so did she move? She like, did just, on she purpose. just went with she you did. on purpose? Oh, on purpose. Or just, uh, on purpose. That's cool. That's and cool. my dad was also a teacher, cool. so I'm just familiar with teachers. Um, but I think anytime that you one have a knowledge about something, um, and a knowledge and a passion to help others, you automatically become a teacher. Mm -hmm. So that's you know how I kind of got into it. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense actually. That's super dope, honestly, because you know you really if people like in your position where you just have a lot of knowledge and you have a lot of experience, especially in a specific field, to be able to be reachable, you know, for people that are looking for that knowledge yeah. and actually you know give it to them in, in legit ways. Because like you were saying right. at first, and I felt the same way because yeah. this is obviously before we've had any contact relationship with uh blake but yeah it's always hard to trust online classes like yeah i'm gonna give you the inside information on this is like <laughs> right mm, i can see that you know yeah, i can see that because you see thing. it all the time all the and time. you hear about scams people taking people's money and well what was the difference that made y'all what you was know, take the leap i i kicked it off okay. and i don't know what made me i think because it was quarantine and i saw your instagram page and i saw the people in chicago that followed you. Okay. And I could trust those people. Okay. So I was like, and I didn't ask, I, rock with I, didn't, that. I didn't ask anybody about you. I was uh -huh. just like, okay, so I forget who exactly, but some people that followed you, I trusted, I've met in person. So I was like, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll I give trust it a shot. That. I rock I, with that. Yeah. And on okay. top of that, financially, I was able to eat that. It was like 150, I think. So yeah. I was able to yeah. eat that. So, yeah. I, was, so I, was I was like, like okay, thank God. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right, 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 right. Because yeah. I didn't want to start uh, something because we did that as a unit when it was three of us. So right. I didn't want to, start something, and then we all fuck up, and it's my fault. Right. <laughs> and then no, we, I dig that. We all down $450. So, yeah. no, no, I didn't want to do that. that. So, that's that's what made me take that leap. So, have you ever been scammed in the industry, though? 
No, because um, I've honestly never paid for anything in the business mm. because, you know, I'm in a, a space where everything that I do, I'm self-taught. So I've mm. never taken classes. I've never taken workshops. I've never taken seminars. I've just never done it. Um, just because I'm the kind of person, like, if I want to learn, again, I grow with teachers, so if I want to learn, I'm going to buy the book, I'm going to watch the video, I'm just going to teach myself. Yeah. It's not that I don't trust other teachers, but i just rather teach myself so that what I learned is not diluted through your mm. mind. Mm. I want to just learn it for myself. Yeah, yeah. What are some of the things you've self-taught? Literally everything that I, I, I've ever done. So um, I started off in this business as a dancer, and I had no formal training and I went from dancing in my backyard to doing a tour with B2K. Rihanna, when she first started, no one cared who she was, but I taught myself how to dance. Um, and then from dance, that transitioned into fashion shows. And when I started fashion show production, I had never even been to a fashion show. Damn. I just was like, I want to do it. And That's I became crazy. really, really good at it. And then quarantine happened and I was like, yeah, I'll buy a camera. I can shoot flowers or birds or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And then I transitioned into... This so literally everything I've ever done has been self-taught. Let's let's go back to one thing you said. How did you get on tour B two K? Let's forget about Rihanna. Let's, Bro, I want to well, 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 do a chronological well, order. Well, hold on, well, let me say this: <laughs> with Rihanna, it was definitely not a thing because it was before people cared. Mm-hmm. It was literally like we were performing in the mall, in the middle mm-hmm. of the mall, and people were walking by us, gave no shit. Oh, wow. about what we were doing, and mm-hmm. me included. I was like, this is just a check. I don't know who this girl is. She's annoying. And then oh, it was like wow. three years later that she became a star. Yeah. Now look at her. It was 10 like, years. 15 oh, years later. Yeah. Like even I've performed with Chris Brown and we were on stage like performing to run it. Like this kid is annoying as fuck. I just like this is <laughs> running. He a was check. 16? Yeah. 17 at the time? And I was, was I was in college. So I was like 16. a 20 year old dancer dancing for this kid. And I was like, he's mad fucking annoying. But he got yeah. talent. It was whatever, subjective. <laughs> and then like six months later, Run It hit the radio and mm-hmm. it became a thing. And we're like, oh. That's my favorite music video for good. a long time. Like, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So everything I've done has been self-taught. That's really insane. What's What was crazy to me about what you just said was doing fashion shows and you've never even been to a fashion show. So how did you even like yeah, Loki, that's have dangerous. the vision and the idea of like, okay, like, did you just like apply? Like, Well, I was forced into it. Oh, so you so oh, okay. I was a, again. I was a dancer, and I was hired to dance in a fashion show. Mm. And a week before the show, the producer quit. Oh. oh, and they were like, "We need somebody to step up." And I was like, "I mean, I guess I can. I ain't never been to one of these little shits before. <laughs> but how hard could it fucking be?" Right. Um, and I took over the show, and literally the day of the show, I called my mother and was like, "I'm no longer dancing in like this. Whatever this fashion show shit is." I love this. Mm. So I'm no longer dancing. I never went back to it. Mm. Which is why now, because as a photographer, people are like, are you going to do shows again? Like, I know me. Once I find a new love, You're like, the mm. old love is just out the door. Mm. Like, I, I'm over it now. I get you. Yeah, I get you. Why do you think you're so, like, like, the old love versus new love, why do you think you're so quick to just hop off and move on? I've just always been a person, if you're going to do it, you have to commit your all into it. One, so I I, de- I don't want to always be in the middle of two things, but two, I you know, I just feel like I've done it. It's kind of like dance was my bachelor's and fashion show production was my master's. It's time to move on to another degree. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna keep going back to those old classes. I've done it. I've proved right. that I'm good. I've proved I've won awards. I've toured the world. You know, I've done like six month tours in China as fashion show producers. Like I've proved I can do it. So. There's nothing else to prove. I right. can move on. Right. Yeah. yeah. Now, if I wasn't good or still learning or was like, people still don't know I can do this, maybe I would stay in it. But like I've done it. I've done everything that there is to do with it. Right. So what else is there left to prove? Right. Yeah, That's facts, fine. facts. So all these things that you've done in terms of fashion, and no, let's start with dancing. What was your biggest accomplishment when it came to dancing? <sighs> My biggest accomplishments, I think just the particular artists that I performed for, um, Donnie McClurkin, Rihanna, B2K. I've done tours with R. Kelly. Um, 
you guys probably don't remember them, but there was a group called Quiet Storm here in Chicago. Very familiar, but Willie, I, I don't Willie know. from Day Twenty Six was the lead singer mm. of that group. Um, I was their choreographer and creative director for many, many, many years. Um, I've been in Gap commercials with Missy Elliott, Gatorade commercials with Kobe Bryant. Like I've done it. There's so, the one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like, I was like, oh, wow. oh, okay. And again, that was one of them things. Like it wasn't a, a big deal. I remember Kobe Bryant Gatorade came to my high school. And they rented what out high school gym, is this? Uh, Bloom Township in Chicago Heights. Okay. And they rented out the high school for a commercial. And they were like, some basketball players film a, a commercial in the gym, and he needs like someone that can like move in the background while he's hooping. And I was like, okay, y'all want me to do it? Yeah. Sure. I didn't know who the fuck Kobe Bryant was. I really didn't care. All I knew was Gatorade. I was like, okay, it's for Gatorade. What year was this? Oh, this was like 2002. Oh, this is like, oh, man. that's... 3P Kobe, you didn't know? You didn't care? No. I'd have no. been flipping shit. But, so, but let me be actually honest. And this is going to sound really horrible because he Post is who 3P. he is. Yeah. I didn't know his weight in basketball until he died. And I was like, oh, he mm, like y'all really fucked with him, yeah. fucked with him. So like, do you yeah. do you follow basketball like that? No. That makes sense. Yeah. Why you wouldn't I was like, what? Who are these people? That makes sense why you didn't know. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, um, and it was because like I from the time I was in third grade, until I graduated from college, I was a professional cheerleader. So as a cheerleader, you watch basketball game after basketball. You really don't. Facts. I'm not going to come home and watch the same shit. Mm-hmm. Facts. That I, I'm I feel not going to do it. I yeah. feel that. So I didn't care about professional sports. But literally in the commercial, he's hooping, and there's this little guy in the background he's dancing. dancing. The background? Yeah. And it was on like every major <laughs> TV station. I was like, what's the big deal? All I knew was Gatorade. I didn't know who Kobe was. Did they pay you for that or no? Nah, because you're in no. high school. They literally called me out of class. Childhood I was out of class labor. for the rest of the day. Yeah, I Child, I've been yeah. mad. It's, I'm not gonna pay I, I ain't going to lie, though. I would have I done without pay. Me I'm too. at high school as, I mean. as, but I, but as I Kobe But I think it wasn't even like a thing because they weren't expecting it. It was kind of like something's missing. Uh, Is there somebody in the school that like knows how to dance real quick? Mm, call mm. them out of class. And get them to the gym. Right, right. Tell them I literally wore what I wore to school that day in the video. Bro, at, at our high school, they wouldn't have done that shit. They'd have been like, "Yeah, we can't help you. We'll get a teacher." <laughs> yeah, they would not have helped us. At so, all. but at that time in high school, I had already toured with like Donna McClurkin. I had already been on tour with R. Kelly at that mm-hmm. point. So they already knew that I had the talent. Right, mm. right. Yeah. Okay, that makes yeah. a lot of sense. That is wild. So yeah, the you know the Kobe Bryant thing. I wish, and back then there was no YouTube, so the footage is like never to be found. Because yeah. no one was recording I'm it. I'm sure you can find it somewhere. I've, Kobe I've, Bryant Gatorade the, commercial? You've, you've I've looked. been researching it for years. You can't find really? it. Really? Not, Damn. nah. Damn, because now I want to see what Because I, I remember the commercial like it was yesterday. He was playing ball, but he was sweating. But he was sweating Gatorade. Wait, so uh, they did it in real life? Yeah. I thought that was a computer effect. I mean, it was. Like, his oh. sweat, was, they just changed his sweat color. Oh. But it looked like he was, was say, sweating Gatorade. Because as kids, that was the coolest shit Yeah, ever. he was sweating orange Gatorade. I remember that. Like, it was yesterday. Man. Yeah, it was great. I wonder how they got him to sweat. If he just did like a, like, was he like legitimately I mean, hooping? Probably like. Oh, no, he was like for hours. It was, because I, I got to the gym at like 10 o'clock in the morning. We wrapped at like 9 o'clock at night. <laughs> you just like, And it's literally nothing but like, all right, play again. Dance again. Cut, do it again, do it again. But Kobe, honestly, that was nothing to Kobe Bryant. His workouts, probably not. Yeah, his workouts yeah, are crazy. Did you miss any homework assignments because of that? Because I would probably no. be like, man, I gotta go home. I got some stuff. Honestly, like fuck that homework. No, because that was <laughs> that was already my life. Like as a cheerleader, I would go from school to practice, from practice to dance practice, and then I was like captain of the the track team. I was president uh, of student council. Damn. Like uh, I was so used you to getting those kids just involved yeah, like, in yeah. everything. Absolutely, and everything. Okay. Did you ever have time to hang out with people? For what? Hang out with your friends? To do what? Have fun. Have fun. No. Right. Interact? No. Interact. Well, sociable. I mean, yeah, but you like think as captain of the cheerleading team, that was my fun. Like Friday night games. Yeah. I'm the mm-hmm. captain of the cheer squad. It's a, hundreds of thousands of people mm-hmm. here. Like, this is fun to me. Yeah. And then after yeah. the game, we go eat and then I go home. Right. That was the fun to me. Plus, again, my parents were doctors. They was like, listen, what are you hanging out tonight for? Get your ass home. Oh. That makes sense. Do you ever feel like you missed out on anything because of that? No. Because while other people were hanging out the mall, I was on tour. Yes. Period. So, that's, real. that's real. That's real. That's real. That's real. No, I missed out on nothing. I don't know. I feel like, though, see, every, that's why everyone's path is different. Because had we not hang, hung out, we wouldn't be here. Because yeah, we wouldn't be doing this right now. This podcast only came to be, really, because we would sit there for hours and just talk. Got it. Be in my basement at, at my house. Mm-hmm. 
talking. Like he 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 was supposed to be at my house at like two a.m. We'd be there to like four o'clock in the morning. Talking wow. about shit. Talking. Was, and then my mom like, okay, he has to go. We go outside in the street in front of our house. We sat talk. there talk. Yeah. Playing basketball. Talking. Got it. And then he moved to. Uh, do you know where Lake Zurich is at? Yes. He moved to Lake Zurich. I'm from Zion, where I grew up at. It's like a whole hour away. Those are both call words for far as fuck, but I got it. <laughs> <laughs> from here, yeah, definitely, yeah, definitely. But just talking on the phone. So I think it just all depends on the journey. It yeah. sounds like your journey is definitely prepared That's you, though. That's an insane journey. That's crazy. That's journey. Yeah. What's your favorite part of this journey so far? Um, it's not like you old. I'm not, not but I think that uh, my favorite part, I think I've done things that already in my life that people die never doing and I'm grateful for that Mm. you know again like spending months in China touring literally every city in China that's some people live their whole life and never even get to one city in China Mm -hmm. and I spent months going to every single one over and over again seeing the beauty that is China and Russia and Spain and you know things like that being on stage in front of hundreds of thousands of people and you know, being in a small room with nobody but me and Oprah Winfrey. It's like the smallest things that are amazing yeah. um, that I got to do that most people don't. So is there ever like when you're, you know, say for fashion shows, and obviously I guess uh, with COVID that was kind of like an obvious end point, but right. when, is there ever a point where you have have so much success in one facet that you're like okay i'm looking for something else now like i want to do something else or is there always like a natural stopping point which then makes you find something else um i think both i think that with fashion shows it was so easy to walk away from it because i have been i had been looking for that next for a long time Mm. but i was like there is no next like i do fashion shows Mm -hmm. that's what i do Mm. and there was been years of like i don't really want to do another show that's who I am. So you do another show. Right. And then that's when this photography thing came. I was like, oh, I have an out. I have an out. I can get out of here. I don't want to do this anymore. And that's not that I don't love it, but it's kind of like for me, when you get to the point of you've won Super Bowl after Super Bowl or Super Bowl, like I really don't want to go play again. Yeah. Because I'm playing just to play. Yeah. There is no goal anymore. Because at first it was like, I want to be good at it. Then it was, I want to be respected. Then it was, I want to be the best in the city. Okay, so now what? So would you say that you're a person that mentally you need a challenge? Or like you need some type of goal or obstacle to do it? You don't really work do, towards. Yeah, you don't really do mindless things? Yeah, but I think there's a, for me, there's always a left brain and a right brain. For me, mm. there's this left brain of, I want to be good at it. I want to learn the ins and outs of it. I want to be a student to the craft. I want to immerse myself in everything that it is to do whatever this is. And then there's the right brain. I just want to be better than you motherfuckers. Yeah. Facts. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. if I'm going to be a fashion producer, I want to be the best out of all you motherfuckers. If yeah. I'm going to be a photographer, I want to be the best photographer in this city. And once the left brain and the right brain, like, okay, left, we did it. All right, right. So what are we doing? Um, when them both get to a point like, well, I'm satisfied, then what? You know? So even with photography... As much as I'm a student right now, I'm also like, learn this to be better than X. Then once you, those two meet in the middle 10 years from now, I'm like, okay, so what now? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it seems like from what you're telling me, you were captain of the cheer team, male cheerleader, you in pretty crazy physical shape. It was, yes. I was, <laughs> was. But as, yeah, I was a dancer and captain of the track team, captain of the cheerleading squad, baseball. Um, I did it all. Like, I was president of student council, African-American culture club, Latin club, editor-in-chief of my newspaper, African-American studies professor. Yeah, like, that guy in high school. Literally yeah. that, that, guy, <laughs> that guy in high school. Yeah. Like, did, did you have Bluetooth? No, <laughs> I hate and I hated those guys. That's what I thought you I were. hated those guys. I was like, bro, you're 17. Why do you have a Bluetooth? You're yeah, not like I hated 40. Those guys, but I just wanted to do. Yeah, I wanted to do everything. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I did everything. Yeah, but I was definitely not the annoying AV guy. Mm. I I used to beat up those guys. <laughs> yeah. I did. Well, how'd you find time to beat people up? Well, see, here's the thing: as when you when you grow up. In an environment like 
Chicago Heights, which is very, very urban, very, very dangerous suburb. And you are small and you are a cheerleader and you're gay. People are like, I'm going to fuck with you. Until you like, okay, do it. And then when I throw a chair across the room, don't look crazy. Right. But that's how it always was. And I will admit I use that to my advantage because in, in the right brain, people would come to football games to see me cheer. So if I know if you fuck with me and I throw a chair at your face, the dean is going to be like, well, we need you at the game. So I'm not going to suspend you. Wow. But just try not to do that again. Yeah. All right, until somebody fuck with me and then I'm going to do it again. But whatever you say, dude. And on top of that, they were embarrassed because what year was this? 2001. So in 2001, you know, being gay was still extremely frowned upon. Yes. So on top of that, you got to go back to school the next day after you got your ass beat by a gay kid. Right. So that was super embarrassing on top of that. But it was also kind of like that middle ground because I had a problem, not a problem with everyone, but there was always like the straight guys are annoyed because I'm the only male cheerleader. So my locker room was the girls' locker room. Like, we're not going to get a whole locker room for the one guy cheerleader just going there with the girls. The straight guys would be irritated with that. But then at the same time, it was like, I'm cool with all the girls, so all the guys wanted to be cool with me. So the girls would be mad that while all the guys hanging out with you, it was always this weird <laughs> dynamic oh, of wow. everyone like, yeah. everyone loves you, but nobody likes you. Yeah. Like, it was that always weird up and down balance. You know what I'm saying? So How'd you navigate that? I've always been the type of person to, like, not care. Because, like, if... Someone came and they were new or just didn't interact with me. And they'd be like, look at this fag. Someone would be like, yeah, but that's the wrong one. That's the wrong one. Like, calm down. And I would feel bad because I would hear them talking about the gay kids across the hall. They'd be like, but we're not talking to you. We're not talking to you. We're talking to them. I'm like, as long as you don't fuck with me. But they knew I don't care. I'm not going to hide it. I'm not going to be ashamed. I'm not going to do any of that. I'm going to be me. And if you fuck with me, there's going to be a serious issue on your hands mm. but I also grew up one knowing not how, knowing how to fight and two knowing I had backup like if you there's a photo of my mother right there with a gun in her hip that's how my mother walked around as a teacher yes in school yes that's real so that, that's I can real. I can recall that's one time being on the gangster shit being on the um what you call the go-karts. Yeah. And the guy like ran me off the road on the go-karts. And I remember my mother getting out of the go-kart and was like, fuck with him again. Like, mm-hmm. that's my child. And I was like, fuck. You can't go around pulling. Like, you can't beat that's up everyone crazy. for fucking with me. But at the same time, I was like, if I don't win the battle, I know somebody that's going to yeah. come behind me Facts, yeah, and yeah. win this battle. So I'm not scared of anything. I've never been fearful of anything. I can tell. I mean, Who, uh, go ahead, bro. I was just gonna say, with all that he's accomplished, everything that everything that he's tackled, I feel like because there's so many people that like that would probably want to get into that, just are not letting themselves do it because of whatever reason, whether well, probably because of fear yeah. in their mind. And clearly, what you were just saying, like you just one, you just don't give a fuck. Two, you right. don't care. Two, you just you're not scared. You know, well, you're I here think to tackle something. the other piece to it is I believe that anything is possible. Like my mother again was a doctor. That's one of her doctorate degrees right there. She's your mother right here. Yes, she has several degrees, but my mother also came from being homeless, being a prostitute, being in jail, incarcerated for several times for many years, heavily addicted to drugs, going from that to having multiple doctor degrees, being a professor at every major college in the city. She's won teacher of the year, year after year after year. So I grew up like anything is fucking possible. So why not just do what I want to do? I've never been like, well, I don't know if I can do it. I don't know if I can try. Do you want to do it? Then fucking go do it. Do it. My mother was never that person like, so what do you want to try to do? She's like, if you want to do it, don't talk to me about it. Just fucking do it. Just come home and say, hey, I won the Nobel Peace Prize. Just go fucking do it. Mm-hmm. Don't talk to me about it. Don't try. Mm-hmm. Just go fucking do it. Shut the fuck up. You know, so I grew up not being fearful of trying things and trying to accomplish whatever goal I had. Did you ever witness any of those things that she went through? All of it. Every last piece of it. All of it. Um, There was actually a book called Freeing Tammy, which is my mother's name, that was written by DePaul University. It was a bestseller. But it was about our life and our struggles. Um, But when I was in middle school, um, my mother went to prison for 
three years um, for drug-related charges. And so I've seen all of that leading up to her arrest. And for the three years she was incarcerated so that I wouldn't go into the foster care system, my church gave me an apartment and was like, see you later. So I had to, like, Mm. as a seventh grader, lie on job applications, get a job, learn how to pay bills, get myself to school. Like, so seventh grade, eighth grade, and part of freshman year, I was literally a kid living on his own. So I saw it all. Then I saw her get released from prison and have to go through rehabilitation and probation and her being like, I want more for my life and eventually becoming a doctor. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So I've Mm -hmm. seen it all from, mom, we're sleeping outside. We have no food. We stink. Like, we're sleeping under a bridge, literally, to seeing her become one of the best doctors in this city. So I just know that anything is possible. How did seeing some of those things formulate you or have effect on you? Besides, you know, everything you just said, like you said, anything is possible. Was there any other effects on you besides that? Yeah, I think um, positive and negative. Um, I am a person who's very, very independent. I don't ask for help. I'm going to get it done myself by any means necessary because I know what it feels like to be outside in the winter in a snowstorm sleeping on the street. So it's put a fire and a grind and a hustle in me that you you can't like you can't buy that you know what i'm saying like it's giving me so much heart and gust that i'm very proud of but at the same time i'm very stubborn because i've seen people come into her life and fuck it up and mm. i'm like i just won't be that person you won't fuck up mm-hmm. my life you know what I'm saying? Like, my mother went to jail in the first place because my stepfather was a very, very big drug kingpin in the city. And one day, late at night, I woke up to him beating her ass. Like, beating her ass. And he looked at me and was like, you should say goodbye because I'm finna fucking kill her. Like, he was about to murder her. And I called the police, and they got here, and he was like, well, if I'm going to jail, she is too. Oh. And everything was in my mother's name. So he was like, it's a quarter of a million dollars of crack in the back. But... This house is in her name, so she got to take the file for it, bro. And she did. So she went to prison for years for his crime. So I've seen people come into your life that you say you love and fuck up your life. So that's why a lot of people sometimes, are we, you feel like we can't get close to you and you're very like reserved and you only let people in so far. Yeah, because I've seen how people you love in the right circumstances will say, fuck you. And you, I won't let that happen to me. Do you feel that eventually those doors will be back open to someone? Probably not, if I'm being honest, Mm -hmm. because of that. And I'm an only child, so I don't know how to do things like share and cohabitate into space. And it's, nah. I'm one of those people, like, I feel like I have the Oprah effect. Like, I don't want kids. I don't want to be married. I just want to make my money and, like, move around. And that's neither good or bad for me, but that's just kind of how I want it to be. Mm Mm-hmm. Do you feel like you're missing out on anything? Nope. Nope. Because I feel like you, whatever you want, you can define. Because for someone else, the dream is husband and wife and kids and the house. And I'm like, you can have all that. I'll be um, traveling to Spain with my millions of dollars. Fuck you and your kids. (laughs) Like, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? So it's whatever you think is success for you. So you only miss out on something when it's something you want that you don't have. I don't want those things. So mm. ha- having that mentality obviously has helped you out in a lot of ways, just success wise, and, and you know, tackling a lot of problems. Have you found yourself having to cut ties with certain people throughout your life who didn't share the same kind of points of views as when it comes to the grind and and trying to succeed in this, this, and that? Yeah, all the time. I mean. You, in the line of work that I'm in, you either get it or you don't. And more times than not, you don't. Mm -hmm. And it's always in one of two things. Like, for example, today, if I was in a relationship, it would be the, so you're really at a photo studio for 12 hours a day. Something's off about this. Or, and I've dealt with all the time, like, so what are you doing at this? I believe you're there, but what is happening there? Because I've seen Pierce. He's fine. You and these male, but you all... And y'all, they're all nude. Yeah, like they're, they're nude. <laughs> they're in their underwear. Like you can't be like, 
what the fuck is going on at this studio? I'm working. Yeah, I don't know about that. It's always a question of like, well, what what's happening? Yeah. Or the third is they feel like I'm never not on. Mm-hmm. Like I've been on dates and been at dinner and someone's like, oh my God, are you Blake? Can I have five minutes of your time? I'm like, I'm on a date. But give me, I, I've really been following you and I need, they're like, I can't deal with this. Like if it's always going to be work all the time. I, I don't want to deal with this. Yeah. Don't you, but don't you feel like too much work can be a bad thing and can consume you? Yeah, but I will slow down when it's time. And right now it's not the time. Like I'm not poor by any means, but it's I still have moments I'm like, well, how is that bill gonna get paid? Yeah. Or what the fuck, man, I didn't expect that expense to come up. When those things are no longer a worry, then maybe I'll slow down. Mm. Until then, I I gotta grind. Fuck it. You know what I'm saying? Like if Tyler Perry gets up and goes to work every day, and Oprah gets up and go to work every day, and Ellen gets up and go to work every day. Why the fuck am I not? They're not like with well, too much work. They're like, well, I need another million for, to reach a hundred million, mm. and I don't have a hundred thousand, so yeah. <laughs> I gotta get my ass up. How do you balance that, like with like a work life balance? I mean, your schedule. So, you, I, to my understanding, you don't have a stable schedule. Honestly, it feels like something's <laughs> always jumping in, always. Here or I'm out of town or I'm doing this. So we were in New York or we were not going to New York anymore. Oh, wait, I got a photo shoot. Okay, I got a podcast from eight to something, whatever. Right. Then I got to do, then I, right. where's the stability at? Just in everything you said, because that's the life that we sign up for. And if, I, if it wasn't in fashion, if I was a musical artist, it would be, we have a concert. Now we don't have a concert. Then we have to shoot the music video and the music video is not in New York anymore. Now it's in LA and I got a photo shoot. I have to go to the Grammys and I have to go to the Met Gala and then I have to go shoot another video. That's the life Shit. we sign up for. Like it's stable because that, you know, that's what it, that's what your life is. To me, if I, I've been in the place where I get up at nine, go to work, I'm off at seven, I come home, I cook, I clean, I go to sleep, I repeat. That shit's horrible. I'm in there right now. That is man. not the move. But there are some people like I love the routine. If I loved it, if I love if I love my nine to five, that's all I want to do, then that's different. Right. I rarely I don't think I've liked any job enough from like I can see myself staying here. I, this I'm, one, ever. I'm always trying to be like, fuck, like I'm ever. Fuck, right no. now. Yeah. Every time. Shit, this so one the stability is, is when you like this is my life. This is what I, you know, sign up for. Like he asked me like when do you go to sleep and when do you wake up? I get maybe four hours of sleep. That's crazy. For real. And I'm like, oh, I'm good. I'm straight. I'm straight. You kind of have to be, especially like you're yeah. saying in life. Like, what are you going to do? Be tired? Like, no, like, I'm ready. That's yeah. I, but I've trained for this. Being tired is okay. Well, right. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, you know, you're, when you, God knows what he's doing. And facts, he trained facts. me for this because when I was in high school, it was school, then training, and then training. Then homework, and then chilling practice, and then sleep for a few hours, and then go back to school. On the weekend, you're touring four cities between Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. You're getting off the tour bus Monday morning. We're dropping you off at school to repeat the week. See you on Friday for the next four cities. Okay, that's what we do. Mm-hmm. I'm used to this life. How, what was it like going back to high school and you being a touring, you like you going on tour and having to go back to like high school? What did that yeah, feel like for you? I can, I can only imagine that just from a life of touring with various artists and seeing this city going two different here, worlds going and just in and exactly it's completely two different worlds to go. Did was there ever a point where you're like, man, like I don't want to go back to school because no. obviously people hate school, but like no, shit, no, no, because they felt the same to me. Like could I would I be on the on the stage with B2K and still be like, I can't wait to fucking get to chilling practice. Ah, yes. okay. But at the same time, it's like today if I shoot the best male model in the world. I'm still going to be like, this was great. But hit Pierce up when we get back to Chicago, see if he wants to shoot. Yeah. They both feel the same to me. They hold the mm. same weight. I love it the same. Mm. It's not like you're at this level and it's amazing. No, I I was on tour in China. Like, I just really want to go home and like, I want to do a show there with them. I miss them. And they're like, but you're in fucking China. Like, we wish we were there. Well, I wish I was with y'all. So they hold the same weight to me. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Did anyone ever, like, was it hard for your friends to understand that you were on tour in China? Nope. My friends were super supportive, and 
I think they were only worried because the tour in China happened at a very rough spot. But I think it was destiny because I left for tour July 9th. Okay. My mother died July 4th. Mm. So I remember being in the hospital and the doctor was like, so you mentioned about a tour? If you leave, she is not going to be here when you get back. Like I can tell you now. She's passing away. If you go, she's not going to be here. So I was like, okay, fine. I'm just not going. Like, that's my mom. I'm not going. Mm. She looked at me that night and was like, I, I want you to have fun on tour. And I was like, I'm not fucking going. We've talked about that already. She was like, I'm telling you to have fun on tour. She died an hour later. Like, so it was destined for that to be a part of my life. You know what I'm saying? So my friends were only like, this is really quick. Like, have you grieved? Have you thought? I'm like, yeah. Like, what am I going to do? Sit? You'd rather me sit at home and cry and be sad or go see the world? It's an easy decision. I'm yeah. out this bitch. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mm. It's a very easy decision for me. How hard was it when your mom left? She passed away. <sighs> How hard? In what sense? Like, because obviously that's hard. That was a badly worded question. But, like, did it make things a lot more difficult for you to go on tour? Like, what was that process like for you? Nope. It made it a lot easier. Um, Because I think that I had a very lucky process in it that my mother had cancer for two years. So I was to the point of, like, Knocked down, drag out on the floor, can't get out of bed, grieving six months before she died. Because I knew it was coming. Yeah. So when, when she did die, I was like, oh, I've already kind of grieved this. Like, I'm sad that she's not finally gone. But I was like, I'm not as bad as I could be because I've done all the hard moments already. I've done it. And not only have I one done it, but I'm very spiritual. So I was like... Oh, now she can just go with me. Like, everywhere I go, she can go with me. And she did. And she did. Like, everywhere I went, she, I, she was there in, in some form or another. And sometimes creepy fucking ways. Like how? <laughs> there was a what, time in China, we checked into this hotel, and sometimes we were checking into, like, five-star hotels. And other times it was like, this shit is questionable. Mm. And we checked in this questionable hotel. And they were like, the TVs don't work. They don't have remotes. Fucking deal with it like the bathroom's janky, like it is what it is. So I'm sitting in this room and I'm it's dead silent. I am having a moment of like I'm pretty sad. Now the TVs don't work, and my middle name is Michael. I'm named after Michael Jackson because my family grew up in Michigan, a part of that whole town mm, situation. So. so the TVs don't work, and I'm sitting there crying and I'm sad and all that. And the TV just comes on by itself, and it is Michael Jackson singing "You Are Not Alone," and I was like. This is creepy as fuck, but I very clearly know what this is. And it was that moment I was like, I'm, she's never not going to be here. I'm very, And as soon as like that video was over, the TV just went back off. That is crazy. That was the creepiest fuck. That's insane. Creepy as all fuck. But, you know, it is what it is. Like my mother's favorite color was blue because her hair was blue. Like she had this tint of blue hair. Like most of the pictures you'll see of her, she's has on blue. It was like her color. And I remember being in China one time and walking into the store and all the light bulbs turned blue. And they were like, what the f-? Like, this has never happened before. What the fuck is this? And I was like, my bad. My bad. That's for me. I'll, I got it. I'm going to go because I see y'all creep the <laughs> fuck out. That's for me, dog. But it was just her way of showing up time and time again. So I, it wasn't bad for me because she showed me. I got you. So, you know. Cool. That's some movie shit. I'm not gonna lie. No, not to creepy. be rude. No, it that's was creepy. creepy. That's fucked. That's it's, it's like hell yeah. Creepy. But like, like I, I I could see how it would almost was needed at the same time, especially in that checking into the super questionable hotel. Then yeah. you're just, you know alone in the room, and you're obviously having a moment. And for that to come on is probably just like just really reassuring. You know? Yeah, it was great. Yeah, but again, and it was about my mother had a work ethic that was out of this world. So she just instilled that into me. People still to this day like make fun of me because she died on the 4th. Her funeral was on the 7th. I went to her funeral, left her funeral, and went to a photo shoot. People like... It's like robotic. She she just... We buried her 20 minutes ago. Where are you going? I was like, I have a shoot. I don't... 
Yeah. Like, my mother was the kind of person, like, it, this is a sad day, but I have work to do. My life does not stop. I have to grind. That's what she would have wanted. So I'm not going to sit in the room and cry, cry for what? Well, how is that helping me? Would you say that's the biggest lesson you got from her? Or the biggest thing that you took in from her mom? Her work ethic? Mm-hmm. Hands down. Hands down. And a, a lot of times people do question my roboticness. But you know, when you're getting a doctor degree, that's a lot. That takes a lot of work. And I remember for years, I would see my mother wake up, cook breakfast, go in her office, and study. And then she would leave that office at midnight. She wouldn't come out to eat. She barely used the bathroom. Her phone was on silent. She was like, I want this. So there's nothing else in the world than this. Stop fucking talking to me if it's not about this. She just taught me, if you want it, you dedicate your life to it. You don't stop until you get it. And she did. And she has several doctor degrees. The last one, which is that one, she received months after she died. Like, she was already finished with the program. She just never made it to graduation. She was in school with cancer? Yeah. She got a doctor degree battling cancer. Talk about work ethic. That's that's an excuse that's, enough that's not it. to go. She's going through chemotherapy. Going. Like um, it's, it's around here somewhere. That picture right there. That's at her tribute fashion show. A few months after she died, her school came and delivered her degree to me at the show. Like they was like, she's done. She just died before graduation, but she was battling cancer, going through chemo. Have she? I was still living at home at that time. Like. She was taking care of me and still like, I'm still going to get my fucking degree. How old were you when she passed? Uh, um, an age now. So I was an age then. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was 31 because it was four, four and a half years ago. Wow, that's, that's recent. Yeah, it was four and a half years ago. You speak on it as if it was, I mean, four, four years ago is a long time, but you speak on it as if it was like forever ago. Yeah. But but I feel like that's just a testament to how fast you move on from things. I feel like you don't hold on to things very very long. For what? Well, because I'm a Capricorn, and I hate to say it, but you won't, there's only two spaces in my life: the living or the dead. Then you can be very dead in my mind and still be right in front of me. I don't hold on to things because if you're in my life, what's the point of holding on to it? And if I'm gonna hold on to it, I kill you in my mind. And if you're dead, I can't hold on to it. For what? I'm very that person. Like, I love you. You're my dog. You cross me wrong. Like, who's that? I've never heard this person day in my life. And I'm dead. It's like, I don't know. Who's that? I don't know who Pierce it. Pierce. Never heard of him. Don't know who that is. I'm very that person. Like, Blake, stop playing. I really have never heard of a Pierce before. And he would just sit there and just act like they never existed. And he would be sitting right here like, I've never heard of Pierce. Who's that? Damn. Hi, my name is Blake. Nice to meet you. Pierce, like, oh, nice to meet you, dog. I killed you in my mind, so I really erased our entire history. It's gone. That's crazy. Very black and white. Very black and white. There is no gray. Do you ever feel like, because you don't, it seems like you don't really believe in a gray area. Oh. So, so, so with there no gray area, again, it begs the question, do you feel like some things you miss out on? Because I feel like everything in, some things in life aren't just black and white. Some things kind of fall into that middle area, you know? Yeah, I agree with you, but that's the one thing, like, I can't help it. And I say that because I remember being a kid, like 9, 10, 11, my mother would be pissed. Like, you don't have a gray area. Everything's fucking black or white. All right, it's just my mind. So as an adult, I'm like, well, shit, I've been doing this since I was 7, 8, 9. Ain't no, it's not going to change now. Yeah. I'm black or white. Like, my mother would tell me to do things like, well, why did you do that? Well, because you told me not to do this, right? But there's a gray area, son. I didn't see, I didn't see the gray. I'm sorry. Because if I, I want to go out and play, but don't stay out all night, well, then I'm not going outside. There's a gray area. Just don't stay out all night. No, if I can't go out and stay out until I want to, I'm just not going to go outside. See, I was different. <laughs> you would tell me to be like in by the sun, like by like the streetlights or whatever, and I just pushed the limit. I just wouldn't come back. So in my mind. Yeah, I, see, I'm not doing that. Like, I'm not doing that. I, I can't. I curfew. Yeah, I'm not coming out, guys, because I'm not doing that bullshit. Yeah. So did you ever, so were you a rule follower? Um. Yes. But because I didn't have any. And I think you only disobey rules when you have them. Because my mother was that kind of person like, you want to fuck up your life? That's yours. Uh, so I was like, I'm not, do like, smoke weed. That's just whack. I'm bored with that. Because it's not exciting to me. Like, for what? It was only the kids like, my mama said don't ever do it. I want to try it. Well, my mama said if I want to do it, do it. But it's my fucking life. It's not exciting to me. I'm not enthralled by any of that. 
I got shit to do. I got practice in the morning. I'm not staying, like, I'm not smoking weed. I'm not drinking at 15. I have I have to rehearse and be on stage in a week. <laughs> like, I'm yeah. not I'm not doing none of that shit. So, and again, everything I did, it was my life. My mother was like, you want to overload yourself and be on tour and be captain of this? And do whatever you want. You, you do understand when your alarm goes off Monday morning, you will be at school. And if you don't want to go to school and you fell out and you can't get a job and you're home, that's on you, buddy. I got money. You don't. So, yeah. Figure it out. That that also makes you grow up pretty fast, though. Very fast. Yeah. I mean, that was that was. I remember being in like high school and asking my mother for twenty dollars, and she was like, "I don't have no money." And like the next day, she was like, "Run to the ATM for me and give me some money." Like, okay, cool. And I remember looking at her balance, and I came home like, "You lied. You said you were broke. You there's a million dollars here." She was like, "Right, I have money. You don't. Go figure it the fuck out." Okay, that makes perfect sense to me. So I just was always like, you got to work for everything you want. And even as a kid, I was spoiled. I was. Only child shit. But it was never, it was spoiled with work ethic. Mom, mm-hmm. I want to go to the mall. Your mother gave you $500 to go. Yeah. But in order to get it, I had to mop and clean up my room and clean up after the dog. It was never like just here. You want something? What you going to do for it? So it just trained my mind. You don't get something without working for it. Nothing is free. True. Was I 14 with $5 in my pocket to the mall? Yeah. But it was like, I had to wash two fucking cars to get this. Yeah. My friends were like, I washed them same cars and got $30. Damn. Well, that's your family. Ain't got nothing to do with me. <laughs> that's how I be, man. I'd like, be bad as hell. Yeah, they ain't got shit to do with I me. I your cars? You know yeah. what I mean? So, like, it's because you can be so black and white, did that also reflect in a lot of your friendships as well? It does every day. Mm. It does. Um, I don't have a great area in friendships either. We are intensely immersed and in love in our friendship. Or you have betrayed me, and I don't want to fuck with you right now. I don't have a. I don't have a black and white. It's really bad, but I don't. Like, me and Pierce had a great shoot day today. He was on time and da 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 da. But if tomorrow, like, he just doesn't show up to a shoot. Oh, we're, I'm pissed for months. Don't fuck. I'm I'm done with you. Like we're done. Just let me. I'll get over it soon. But I'm pissed because you fucked up. There is no gray with me, and I there isn't. I hate it. Zero to one hundred. It's zero to one hundred. Well, I feel like that's a good thing though, because I mean, imagine if I was if I miss one, and then he's like, oh, it's okay, and you know, I miss another one, and it's like, oh, like you know, it happens, and like then that lets that lets me know, like, okay, it's easy for me. I can do this. This doesn't get away with it. And he's not gonna be upset. You know, so especially in a professional manner like you don't want those things to slide you know what i'm saying you want to be pretty stern you can want to be fair of course but you want to be stern at the same time and make yeah. sure like shit actually goes down the way you want it to go down have you ever been late to anything with him yeah yes one time all right all right so new <laughs> york, both. So new york <laughs> man and uh no, he, was, no, no let's be clear he was not late he didn't, I didn't show, up. show up this is what happened this oh you worse than me i was this what happened this is what happened this is what happened and there's a reason why i i, I woke up and i could have gone but i was like i'm not gonna i'll, I'll explain it. so boom we're in New York. <laughs> so boom. With six o'clock in the morning, really like five in the morning, had to wake up, get ready to go to the Brooklyn Bridge. Boom. Do that. Tired as I was tired, but I went there, right? And I get back, we get back at like eight. I'm like, all right, I got a couple hours. I'm gonna take a nap. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I took a nap. And all the other shoots we had, they were like, hey, we're meeting in the lobby at this time, and then we we're all gonna get our Ubers and go. I didn't read the email beforehand. I just knew it was at noon. Right. Right. So I'm like, all right, I'm probably gonna wake up at eleven forty five, get dressed, go downstairs. I wake up, look at the phone, and he's like, Meet me at this address. I click on it, and I'm like, all right, it's probably a couple minutes walk. It's a twenty minute drive away. It's eleven fifty five. So I'm like, fuck. So I was just like I was like, There's no way where I'm gonna get there in time and I'm not gonna have them waiting. Like I'll be there soon and then just gonna be sitting there but, waiting. But see, on here's me. the problem. He didn't say, Hey Blake, I I'm going to be late. Like, I'm in the hotel. I didn't know I got to meet you. I'll be on my way there. He didn't show up. So it was at noon. And I'm a person, like, I'm always, if you're on time, you're already late. So at noon, I was like, all right, give it a few minutes. At 12.10, I snapped. I sent a message like, if you're not here and you were supposed to be here, don't fucking talk to me the rest of the trip. I'm not shooting you the rest of the trip. I don't know you. Have fun. See you back in Chicago. Fuck off. 
That's exactly what it was. And the thing Fuck is, off. I didn't even read that message. My roommate read the message. And I was like, okay, you know what? I'm not going to open the message. <laughs> so, it didn't, so it can't say and that. And his roommate threw him under the bus. Like, I, so I told, I told Pierce this. Yeah, I and said, I was like, thanks. Well, you so know? I was like, fuck, all right, well, I sent him the message. I just was, I was just honest. I was like, we just overslept. Blah, 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 boom, boom, boom. I apologize. I will be, next shoot, I will be there on time. And I was. I was there. And he was. I was there. And, and I, I would have accepted that in the beginning. Just give me, hey, because I know 6 a.m. shoot, you're exhausted, you overslept. And he's, I, and he's new to modeling. I get it. Yeah. But he was like, so you just didn't show up? Ooh, and you didn't do any contact to say, no, hey, I'll be late? No, but at the same time, it was a shoot with eight people. They were all late. Now, oh. the rest of them were four and a half minutes late. I was pissed. Wow. But they showed up. I but sometimes you have to like give people a lesson. So the people that were four minutes late, I was like, y'all want to shoot? Y'all want to waste my time? I'm going to waste y'all. So I was like, go over there, pose. I handed my camera to a random person. Shoot these motherfuckers. They waste my time. I'm going to waste theirs. They were like, what the fuck is this? You wasting my time. Let this motherfucker take your pictures because you, you clearly don't give a fuck about me. And that person with the camera was like, uh, why uh, is he cussing at you? And it was, <laughs> it, it was, and people were like, this is really awkward and weird. You have those pictures? I do. I they were see. trash. <laughs> and then after like 45 minutes of them like, this isn't going well, I was like, now you learned your lesson. Okay, now we can shoot. Now you know you'll never do that again, right? This is why, and okay, so story. I was late for something Blake set me up with that, that guy we talked about. <sighs> Yeah, I almost killed you that day. Yeah, so that guy we talked about earlier, uh, Well Connected Cav, right? Mm -hmm. He had linked me up with him to talk with him on Instagram Live about DJing, music, and like professional things. East Coast time, Central time. Ah. I believe it was 7 Eastern, which was 6 Central. But in my mind, I didn't use common sense Mm -hmm. and ask for the location that the guy was in D.C. Mm -hmm. East Coast time. So I'm thinking, oh, 7 o'clock, oh, I'm perfect. I got off work. I was in my car. It's like 6.15. He's, I check my phone. He's hitting me up at like 6.30. So why is Kev... I, I'll read it to you later. So why Kev told me he's been waiting on you for 20 minutes in Instagram Live? I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? You're early. And then I thought about it. I'm like, fuck. I look yeah, back in the message. He said, DC, I was embarrassed. I, I bro, I was on the live <laughs> driving and, and which made it worse. You're right. Are like, you in your car? Oh, it was worse. I got cooked. That's so funny. That's, That's not even so the worst part. Not only the guy was talking to me, and we we're talking kind of conversations. Like, yeah, bro, this just isn't a good look for you. So I'm like, yeah, I guess you're right. Blake's in the comments frying my ass. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> you're fucking crazy. You're latest unprofessional. Get off the live now. Get off the live right now. Just, just get off the live. But it gets worse. As a get off the live, as I get off the live, he gets on live with him and it starts frying me again. Big shit. But hey, Big that's shit. What happened, but but it was but he was also helping me out. Mm-hmm. He wasn't trying to shit on me too mm-hmm. bad. He just said, yeah, he was late. Yeah, he fucked up, but he's a good kid. He works hard. Town DJ, I believe in him. Yada yada yada. So that's like tough love times a thousand. Uh, but see, yeah. it's here's the thing. You have to like, there's a give and a take, and you have to like ask yourself what what is the lesser evil, right? Because on sometimes the talent in, you're like, Blake, man, you be intense, bro. Like, I was four and a half minutes late. Like, it's not that deep. But on the other end, it's when the designers, my, uh, you know, stylists, magazine editors, DJs, people are like, I only fuck with Blake people because they're never late. They're always professional. I'm going to get the best out of his people. If it's not Blake people, I want to fuck with it. See, that's why. I have to be intense with y'all because it garners you the respect that you deserve. Yeah, you be pissed like Blake is cooking me and this is a fucking annoying. But then the next time, like, yeah, no, always trust Blake people. They're never going to be late. Whatever they need, give it to them. People show up to shows and shit like, why do Blake models got private dressing rooms? Why the fuck they got catering the rest of us don't? Well, because I know what they're going to bring to the table. Mm. You motherfuckers don't. And I'm like, well, this is what you get. Because you got cussed out for me for six months. Yeah. <laughs> it's the lesser of the two evils. Yeah, and that's why, like, even on the way here, I GPS, GPS said I'd be here at 7.58. Mm-hmm. It was, uh, I was moving st- moving furniture at her house. I want to leave at 7.20. I walked out her door at 7.26, got to my car at 7.28. On the way here, it was like stop sign after stop sign after stop sign after stop sign after stop sign. I was like, fuck, I hope. It. And that's why when I was out there, I was parking. I literally texted you. So, so you know I wasn't late. I'm here. I'm just trying to park. Or oh, you're, you're late. 
Because I remember at, he could ask him at 8.01, I said, where is he? Yeah. Because he told me 8 o'clock. Where is he? He was like, I don't know. I said, I know, but I was. He finna get locked out. I was waiting for him to be like, all right, you know, you could just leave because I got some shit to do. See, I was trying, but I got here before 8. I was literally just trying to park my car. I'm a terrible parallel parker. I've, I've you can't park. I, I'm not That's good. What I said to him too. I was like, "What?" I, I'm not a good parallel parker. <laughs> okay, we go teach you. I, I hit somebody. It's not that hard. I hit somebody I was yesterday too. But once you, once you, because all you do is like you cut and then you, you drive just, and then you shroof mm. and then you foomp and then you reverse <laughs> and then you shroof foomp. You I was zoom 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 and then I, I finally got in the spot and then I was trying to bring all my shit up there and I was like, "This is gonna take like an extra minute." Damn it! Okay, extra minute. Blake Blake finna punch me in the face. Was it was all good? I you know. It's it's crazy because in my mind sometimes I'm like, it's four minutes, not that fucking big of a deal, but you still have to teach the lesson. It's a standard, hundred percent. Yeah, 100%. I, when he didn't show up, I was like, he's probably asleep. I had six other people I had to shoot, so I was like, this is fine. Like I'm perfectly good cool with this. You're making my day easier, but you have to still get this work so that you know this is not okay. I really don't care about it right now, but in the off chance the next time I do give a fuck, please don't, please don't do it. So. Not, I was yeah. terrified. Right, right. I was terrified. Man, no, yeah, I saw straight. that message. Up. My heart dropped. I was like, man, bruh, I, had, bruh. I had like four other shoots to do with Blake, and I was like, man, if he really doesn't shoot me for anything else, I was, I would have been so shitty. But I, at the same same time, like I understand. Yeah, because it's it's a professional thing, and yeah, four minutes. It's four minutes, but. Those four minutes, you know, could be anything. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like the, the the best decision could be made within those four minutes. And right. if you're not there, like, yeah. that just looks bad on you. So you should, like, should just always try to become early, you know, if anything. Yeah. Ten minutes early, if anything, just so you're there and let ready me, prepared. So let me read it to you. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, God. Yeah, I want to see this. So Kev says, Kev saying he been waiting on you for 23 minutes. Not 20, not 20, 25, not an estimate. 23 minutes. 23 minutes. Blake, I'm so sorry. I dropped the ball. I should have communicated my time zone to him. You took an L today, but this is part of the growth. We are, and I'm like, oh, that's great. Yes. Thanks. But check it out. We are discussing you on live. Are you familiar with DJ Academics? Yeah, he's the host of Everyday Struggle. Correct. This is why I say every opportunity is taking the highest level. DJ Academics was just in this live and then sends a screenshot to verify. Boom. Okay. I saw, I was in the live. You told me and pretty much heard everything. So... Dot, dot, dot. <laughs> it's always my dot, dot, dot. I don't mean to be an ass, but it's my job to push you. When you go live, it has to be best foot forward. I believe you a million percent, but I'll make sure you're ready. Then I start, I'm like, I feel so stupid. He's like, don't feel empowered. And then from there, it's just been up because I have yet to cross this man again. I'm not trying to. That's so. what I'm saying, you know. Once, but see, once it, that was a situation like that had nothing. I'm not a DJ. I don't give a fuck about it. I was like, it was for me. I was like, I think I've heard of these academics. I think he's somebody for real. I don't know who the fuck that man is. Mm-hmm. But I was just like, see, this is the point. Cav went live, and in the first minute and a half, one of the biggest DJs in the world came on his live. He should have seen you, not me. This has no effect on me. Mm. This benefits me none. But you got to get your shit together, bro. Facts. That's like, I was supposed to go live with Pierce. Pierce is late. Well, Pierce, while you were in here, the editor-in-chief of GQ was talking to me. You fucking missed your mark, bro, because you wanted to be four and a half fucking minutes late. Wow. Well, how, what would I do? Nothing. You missed it. He not coming back to my life. Like, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. So that's why I dug in his ass, because he needed to just know branding and being on time and punctuality is important in this business. And that's why I fuck with Blake so much, is because I've, from the very first shoot I've done, not, not even the very first shoot, from the class we did, the class we did, which was months before the shoot was even. That was Prime COVID. It was on I mean, the yeah, yeah, right. Like no one was leaving <laughs> their house. But like <laughs> yeah. I, I've just oh I've always come back and have learned something, you know, whether that that could be him directly teaching me, that could me be seeing him do something in a certain way, or even when he grills us and he's and he's and he, it's he's being mean, but it's never coming from a, a bad place. It's never coming from a, a hatred in his heart. It's always coming from I'm upset that this happened and that you didn't do this, but now I'm, you know, I'm gonna have to let you know that you did fuck up, but in the next time, I know you're not going to. And, and so that's why I really appreciate because it could have easily been people that he could have been like, all right, like I'm done work with him. Like, you know, he should have been professional from the jump. You know what I'm saying? Which well, I should have. This, been. this, that's my mama's fault, and I'm gonna be honest. That's her fucking fault because that's who she like. She was the high school teacher that's like, 
No, every day you walk in here, you're stupid. You fail this test, you're stupid as fuck. Like, I don't understand. Damn. Like, you're, what, this was the easiest fucking shit ever. To the students? Get, yes, get the fuck out of my class. I know. But I she know. would Hell be that person called, because she would know. But, but she was that person because she knew in high school, you don't really fail high school. It's kind of hard to. So let me be the asshole now so that when you get to college and they can fail you, Mm -hmm. you fucking know better. So it it was just like in dealing with Jason. I know my my twin, Jason in New York, is very New York fashion. No, I hate it. I hate your hair. I hate your body. You look stupid. You're fucking fat. If I don't cuss you out on a daily basis here, you're going to get to New York and be like, I don't know how to take this. This has ruined my self-esteem. This has crushed me. Blake Blake say this shit to us every day. This is nothing new. So I'd rather be the asshole now. So the next step, you're like, Blake does this to us already. I'd rather punch you every day. So when the bigger bully slaps you, you're like, that's it. Let's move on. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I get the bad reputation, but I'm fine. I'd rather be the smaller bully to prepare you because I know there's a bigger motherfucker in the next classroom trying to tell you, you're mean. Okay, walk your ass around there and get beat the fuck up. Grass ain't greener on the other side. <laughs> That's not my problem. And they come back like, I got beat up. I know. I, know. I was trying to teach you Taekwondo in this motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> but you carried your punk ass around there and got your ass whooped. So you thought I was being mean. So now you... Bruised and bloody. Does all that teaching style come from your mom or other places as well? My mom and my cheer coach. My mm. mom and my cheer coach. My cheer coach is, was, is my second mother. They called each other like co-parents mm-hmm. because as a coach in athletics, you're always with your coach if you're not with your parent. But my coach was the same way. My coach was just like, hey, how are you? So the game, you fucking suck today. Don't do that again. What? Yeah, you, you're horrible. This, this is trash. You're getting fat. You, you, you didn't wash your face because you're breaking out. What the fuck are you eating? Who the fuck is that boy you're talking to? Who's that little ugly little girl? You, y'all, it's trash. She would even tell Damn. the girls like, hey, you're not washing up because I smell your pussy. Damn. But it was like she would give it to you raw and then it got to the point like y'all are polished as fuck because our coach do not play. Like we, she don't play that shit. She does not play that at all. So it just kind of taught me like. I feel like now though, I'm sorry to cut you off, but, but I feel like. That type of teaching or coaching, you try to do that now here in 2020. Oh my God, Could it's, be. it's, it's going to be the end of the world. I don't necessarily. Maybe if like I don't agree with kids, like if they're like little kids, but I think depending on what how how great you want to be in whatever you're doing, then I feel like you'll take it. It's like for example, like for uh, you know to Kobe, rest in peace, Kobe, and everything. But he was not. He's a, he was a great guy outside of the court. Yeah, but, but on if, the you're court, pra- if you're practicing with him, fuck. if you're playing a game with him, he was he was he was not nice to you. But if you can handle Kobe being Kobe, you can handle anybody on the court. Right. Facts. You know what I'm saying? So I'd mu- I'd much rather have someone be mean, not even be mean to me, but just really tell me how it is and and not hold back and try to like save my feelings. I'd rather them be completely real. So when I'm in a bigger situation. I, I can handle it 100% and not be, you know, scared of whatever's coming to me. But know? I think to your point when you, with you saying, like, you couldn't do that now, I disagree because I think it's just more so the parent understanding their kid because that same school that I came in, I'm now the assistant coach of. My coach is still the coach. She's been coaching the team for Damn. 30 years. To this day? To this day. Wow. So she speaks the same fucking way. But it's the parents going like, well, did she tell you that? That means you fucking sucked. I'm surprised. You know, a lot of new newer parents. No, nah, they be like, if, because, but it's because the parents know she's she cares. Uh, she's really fucking pushing the you. The rapport. Yeah, like, yeah. she's pushing you. So if she told you that, then you fucking sucked. It's, and, and to the same regard, I've had teachers tell me, like, she was trash. My mother would be like, I'm on my way up there to school. My coach would tell me, she'd be like, well, then you fucking sucked. Now, my math teacher said it to me. She'd be in that motherfucker. But she knew it was a different intention. Yeah. And why it was being set. Yeah. 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 Man, that's crazy. So you were really forged by fire. Absolutely. That's all that I know. So when I talk to them, I'm like, I I don't know how to be good coach. I don't know how to be soft love. I don't, I, I, I don't know how. I only know tough love. And in my heart, I say one thing, but it just comes out different. I'm like, oh, Pierce was late. I, I don't want him to mess up future opportunities. 
I re- this is a good lesson for him. I'm going to call him. Where and you at, my, dickhead? And the time it comes out of my mouth, I'm like, you fucked up. <laughs> that wasn't what my heart said. Mouth, where'd you get those words Fucking from? Fucking dickhead. Yeah, but I don't know how to soft love. Yeah. I just, I, like I don't. Yeah. I, I, I just don't. We appreciate it, though, because you've been the same way in class. Yeah. You've been, yeah. In, I, matter of fact, actually, now that I think about it, I've, I remember I missed a class once because I was at work and we were too busy. Yeah. And then I tried to hop that time you had Broderick on. Yes. And I was late for that. I tried to get in a Zoom class. He rejected my ass. Yeah, no, you're not coming in here. Yeah, I was super salty. I'm like, Broderick, this shit gonna be crazy. Right. Yeah, you gotta get out. Crazy. But yeah. I just, I don't know soft love. I remember I failed. I don't know if it was a progress report or report card or something. I failed a something in school. And my mother took it somewhere and got my Fs blown up and then stuck it on the garage. See, I'm walking home with my friends, and I'm like, "See the wrong kid. See, see the wrong kid. That that made me cry. Fuck, bro. Kids now, I'd imagine. Like what? So I was like, I will never fail again. You won't fucking embarrass me twice. Yeah. So it just it taught me something else. Versus you fail, do better next time. You know that soft love. She was like, No, you're a fucking failure. I want the whole neighborhood to fucking see it. Yeah. I want everyone to know. I'm not embarrassed because I have a degree. You don't. You failed. Look at world. My son's a fucking failure. I was like, yeah, I won't, I won't ever do that again. I Did you ever feel like sometimes she was too tough on you? No. Nope. In the moment, maybe? No. Nope. Oh, okay. Never mind. No. Nope. Because it, was, it wasn't too tough. It was like, I used to be like, man, you're a fucking bitch. But I get why this is happening. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you get on my fucking nerve. But she just needs me to be better. You've also had to grow up.